And we welcome you into Dodger Poke Report, where this afternoon we have a very, very, very special guest pitcher in the Dodgers organization. Aaron Oceanbine joins Dodger Poke. So I want to thank you for coming in, Aaron. Hey, no problem. Thank you for having me. You've been quoted as saying, let's start all the way back and, and let's, let's dive into your story and, and, and start at the very beginning. You've been quoted as saying that you love the camaraderie of baseball, the brotherhood that it creates in the dugout. Now, that had to have started way before professional baseball. So take us back to all your baseball uh -oh. experiences <laughs> that created all that camaraderie, all that brotherhood that you and, and, that you came to love in baseball. Right. Yeah, I mean, it all started from a young age, from T-ball all the way through high school and, <clears throat> and college and now pro ball too. But, I mean, we as a team, we spend hours and hours and days together. So you get to know people really well and uh, you, you create these bonds and friendships that will last a lifetime. And it, it's just, it's fun to go to the ballpark and work with those guys every single day. Yeah, no doubt about it. You grew up in the Lexington, Kentucky area, an awesome area of the world. You went to Lawrence Dunbar High School. So talk about your high school days. Yeah, high school was fun. Um, I didn't really, think that I would be a pro baseball player <laughs> back in high school. Um, in my freshman sophomore year, I was like just getting into pitching a little bit and like trying to dive into oh, it. Oh, really? You didn't grow up um, pitching? Well, I, I did. I, I first started picking it up when I was about 12 or 13. Um, but back then I had no idea what I was doing. I just <laughs> was out there throwing strikes for the coach and everything like that. But, um, but my sophomore and junior year in high school is when I started to really take it serious. Um, but yeah, high school was great. Um, yeah, there's not really much to say about, yeah. about high school. It was just, it was just out there having fun, playing with my friends and trying to win games. Yeah. You had a great career there in Lexington at, at, at Lawrence Dunbar high. And then you, you decide to stay very close to home and you go to mm -hmm. Eastern Kentucky to be a, a Colonel. So talk about the decision to stay close to home and go to Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. So my recruiting trail was a little spotty uh I don't, eku was my only d1 school offer that i got uh, i think it was my junior summer i pulled my oblique so a bunch of the other schools that were talking to me kind of like fell off the table a little bit and then my senior year eku was still keeping tabs with me <clears throat> and they believed in me so i i decided to go there yeah, and we, we saw this summer Cody Hosey, a first-round draft pick for the Dodgers a couple of years ago, had yeah. an oblique injury all summer. And mm -hmm. People are going, well, what happened to Cody Hosey? Why? <laughs> Those oblique injuries yeah. are tough, man. Yeah, they're no joke. You can't turn your head sideways, can't cough, you can't sneeze, can't laugh without some pain. So it, it, it was tough, but, uh, you know, coming out through that only made me stronger, so. And I think Hosey can attest to that as well. Yeah, no doubt. And and you enter into Eastern Kentucky, and and then you have adversity almost right off the bat. Your first year there in 2015, yeah. you have Tommy John surgery. So you miss mm – -hmm. you get, I think, about eight appearances with the Colonels. Your first year there, yeah. you have to shut it down. You miss the entire next year. So start uh, talk mm -hmm. about the, the frustration of – well, the excitement of getting everything started in college and then the frustration of having to shut it down. Oh, yeah, I was ecstatic to, you know, go to college as a freshman and compete and, you know, kind of earn a spot there, so to speak. Um, I started off as a reliever there because they had, you know, juniors and seniors that had, you know, some seniority and understood the game and were super competitive. But it's kind of funny, the day that I actually remember the injury, I was supposed to start that game. 
but the day before I the coach saw me with some ice on my arm after the game and he was like you you okay I was like yeah I'm just a little tender you know no big deal he said I'll, I'll be ready for tomorrow and he was like well We'll, we'll bring you out of the pen and maybe give you another week. And then I came out of the bullpen that game. And I, I think it was a curveball I threw. I don't even throw a curveball mm, anymore. Mm. But that was the pitch that, uh, yeah, I, I remember it. It was Illinois State very vividly. <laughs> Probably about 25 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think it was like around this time in Illinois. It was it was pretty brisk out there. Oh, my goodness. So. So you have the, the Tommy John, you, you have to shut it down in 2015, your first year at EKU. You have to redshirt your next year. Then you come back in 2017 as a redshirt sophomore and a dual role. You, you get some starts. You also get some relief yeah. appearances. So take us back what it was like coming back to the mound in, in two different roles coming back off the Tommy John in 2017. Yeah, so I earned a spot as a starter my first year back after Tommy John. And uh, – it didn't go too hot. <laughs> um, I don't know exactly what it was. It may have been a mentality type of thing, but my stuff wasn't projecting super well as a starter. I was more of like 88 to 92 as a starter. And, you know, I, I'd be able to get through the lineup like once, mm. maybe twice, yeah. maybe. <laughs> if you pitched backwards and, well enough that second time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but then I, I made that transition to the bullpen and everything just started to click. You know, I started to throw harder, my mentality changed, and then the coach started to put me in the back end of the game and he was just like, go get these three outs. You know, sometimes it was six, but um, you know, that I think that was the biggest change for me was just the mentality swing from a starter to a reliever. Now that that change came as the way I understand it, at the end of twenty eighteen. The, the, end, the yes. end of that year, and, and you got moved to the bullpen. And I have seen you pitch mm -hmm. on multiple occasions at Tulsa. And, and I love your motion because it has what I call a little bit of knees and elbows to it. It makes a hitter uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a little quirky. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and it works so perfect whenever, you know, you're behind Nick Robertson or, or Mark Washington oh, yeah. or somebody like that who's so smooth. And then, and then you come in, and, and it's just a totally different look. So I thought that worked yeah. out really well in 2021. Yeah, I think that that plays well for me. You know, I'm a little different. I don't have the same delivery mm -hmm. that other guys do. Um, and, you know, my arsenal is it's not as powerful as those guys, but it's, it gets the job done. It, it, I keep the hitters off balance pretty well. So 2018, you, you transitioned full time to the, the relief role. And I know you love starting pitching because you have the ball in your hand for a longer right. period of time. And I would imagine, you know, you just feel like you have more control over the game because you get to start it and you get to dictate how the mm -hmm. game goes. So you're not unbelievably sold on the fact that, that you're moving to relief because only because you like starting pitching, but you just have a world of success at it end of 2018. And then you go into the Cape Cod League and you lead the, the Cape Cod League in strikeout to walk ratio. You got to be thinking at that yeah. point, hey, this isn't a bad move for me, right? <laughs> no, I, I didn't think it was a bad move at all. I, I was giving Coach Thompson a hard time about it when he made me move to the bullpen. I was a little upset about it. But uh, as things started to unfold and I kind of found myself with mentality and, you know, below started to tick up a little bit, I was like, you know what, this may not be that bad, mm -hmm. you know. And especially as a starter, like if you have a rough start, then you have to sit there for another five to seven days and you just got to wait, you know, yeah. you just ponder over your outing. But as a relief pitcher, if you have a bad one, you'll get back out there and, you know, a day or two. So I think that helps a lot as well. And uh, 
when things start to click, you just kind of stick with the routine, stick with what's working. And, uh, you know, you just, you go with the flow. <laughs> I've got to think for you too, being in the bullpen, like you are, it allows you to max out what you do have as far as, you know, you don't have to economize early in a game. So you can go from an 88 to maybe a 93 or 94 because you know you don't have mm-hmm. to throw 120 pitches. You can really get you know extra bite on the slider. You, you can really tumble the change up because you're not working for economy. You're working for outs. Would that be accurate? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's a big <clears throat> mentality change. Exactly what you yeah you hit it on the head right there. Yeah, and and good stuff. You know you have you have the big fastball. You have the slider, and then you have the split finger. So. So, uh-huh. so talk yeah. about your three pitches and that split finger. Is that is that something that that's a lot of work for you every day? I know that's a tough pitch to master. It is tough. It, it's a big feel pitch. Same with the mm-hmm. changeup. The changeup's a field pitch as well. Um, I go back to my. I guess it was in the Cape. I did. I wasn't even throwing it then. In the Cape, I was only fastball, curveball, slider, and then I got back to EKU for that following fall. Oh, so you went back to your curveball in the Cape, huh? Yeah, I, oh. I mean, it was s- sort of a curveball, yeah. sort of like a slur. <laughs> it wasn't a true, like, 12-6 yeah. or anything, but it got swing and miss. And then uh, we had just hired a new uh, pitching coach, Sean Cole, at Eastern for my final year, my draft year in 2019. And he was like, do you have a changeup? I was like, I do, but it's not good at all. He was <laughs> like, well, what do you think about a split finger? And I was like, isn't that going to, like, cause – a lot of elbow pain and with my surgery with Tommy John, I was like, I don't want to do that. He was like, that's just a myth. He was like, just test it out, see if you like it. And then I started throwing it like day after day after day in bullpens and live BPs. And then I started throwing it in games and it was just like, wow. Like I didn't even know like I could do this with a baseball and manipulate it like that. But um, yeah, that that's, that's what put me over the top is that pitch yeah 2019 your last there, year there at, at eku i don't know if you realize this but but your era was sub one yeah. and you're, you're one of only 10 <clears throat> ohio valley uh pitchers ever that had at least 50 innings in their year that had a sub 1.0 era and because of that you became an all-american that year you had just mm-hmm. a wonderful year you get drafted sixth round 2019 Take us through what draft day was like, the moments leading up before you heard your name, the moments afterwards, what all that was like for you. It was incredible. Um, My advisor at the time, he was like, yeah, I think you're going to be drafted on day two. I was like, okay, well, I'll kind of like get my mind ready and stuff like that. And my fiance at the time, Katie, we're now married. Awesome. um, We were yeah, thanks. We were uh, we were in Colorado. She had just got a fully accepted into Colorado State for uh, master's program. So we were like trying to find apartments and stuff like that, and just trying to keep my mind off of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, before I know it, my phone just starts blowing up, and I'm just like, "This is insane." Uh, the rest of the day was just a blur. I was just so happy. <clears throat> <laughs> That's an incredible experience. For anybody to go through I can only imagine and you, you get your professional career started with the Dodgers and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. 2020 hits and you don't get to pitch during that year so what yeah. as far as in games so what did you do during 2020 did you feel like that was a setback to you with all the momentum you had so take us through that experience um yes and no 
the reason I say that is because we were in spring training and we were rolling for like maybe two or three weeks. And then we get this news that COVID hit and we have to go home and everyone thought it was only going to be like a two, maybe three week, you know, delay, but turns out it's like a full year. So, but I mean, like the first initial being sent back home, I was like super, super getting after it and mm-hmm. grinding and all this and throwing bullpens and lives to other hitters that were in the area. And, uh, you know, I, I think it was good. I think it was good for a lot of reasons. You know, I could focus on my body, getting, you know, getting stronger, um, working on like delivery and other pitches, and, you know, just maintaining that stride that I had going. You got to work out and, and do a lot of things without having to <clears throat> worry about results. Yeah. So, you, you know, you got to yeah, do a lot of things that you wouldn't normally get to do during the middle yeah, of the season. It's kind of nice to be home during the summer. Yeah. You know, I never get to do that. It was nice to be with family and uh, explore. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was a nice little, like, break from the game. But sure. When it was, when the fall came around, it was time to hit the weights hard again and get back into throwing shape. You spent all of 2021 in, in AA Tulsa. And, and Tulsa was a really cool team to watch. Of course, I get to cover Oklahoma City and Tulsa because I'm from the Oklahoma area. Got to see you quite a bit. And and Tulsa, up until about mid-July, it was like, this team can't hit. I mean, it just they would struggle to score runs. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah. everybody just got hot at the same time. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you were an incredible guy out of the bullpen. Had a really good 2019. So take us through this last season. Excuse me, 2021, this last season. Take us through this last year for you. How'd it go? It was good. It was good. Yeah. Um, like you said, the offense kind of started off slow, but that's kind of how every year goes. Um, you know, the more hitters see pitches, you know, the better their timing will be and the more comfortable they'll be in the box. So at the beginning of the year, the pitching staff drove drove the team to wins for the most part. Um, you know, but it, it was a really good year's work. Uh, there's nothing to really complain about for me. I stayed healthy, which was one of my main goals. And then the other one was just, you know, go out and get out and just do my job. And whoever comes in behind me or the starters in front of me and they leave someone on, just leave those leave those runners stranded. That was one of my biggest goals. And I did a – I don't remember the stats exactly, but I think it was maybe like 15% of the runners that I had inherited when I came into the game didn't score. So I kind of pride myself on mm-hmm. that. And that was – that was one of my biggest goals, and I, I think I did that pretty well. And a big reason for that, you know, going back to the Cape League, your your strikeout to walk ratio was six to one, right at six to one. It was mm-hmm. a little over four to one this last year with Tulsa. Yeah. So you're a big strikeout guy, which works really well when you come in and inherit runners like that. That kind of leads me yeah. into my next question for you. It's a big mentality change. I mean, it's almost playing like playing in an entirely different position in terms of preparing for a start versus not knowing when you're going to come in during relief in the bullpen. So take us through those yeah. two mentalities and how you prepare for both of those. Yeah, as a starter, you kind of get to watch the game, like especially last year, you know, we had six-game series against these guys. So we got really familiar yeah. with the hitters. There was a lot so, of good I and mean, bad in both of that, wasn't there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we get really familiar with them and they get really familiar with us. So, you know, it later in the season, it's more of just like trying to – pitch to your strengths rather than trying to pitch to the hitter's weakness Mm -hmm. at least for me that's that's what I focused on um but you know as the season goes things change you know you've got to adapt to the situations um but yeah I mean as a as a starter like you said you get time to evaluate hitters a lot more um and the bullpen you don't really get to see 
the action, you know, right up in front yeah. of you. But, uh, you know, you, you get a, you get a vibe of like how the game's going, you know, like if guys are swinging at balls in the dirt, if they're swinging at balls that are up here at chest high, like with the fastballs mm-hmm. elevated. So you kind of just read the game as it goes and you, you know, you, ha- you just have to adapt as a bullpen guy, you know, it, especially if, you know, some days my splitter wasn't there. So yeah. I had to work with the fastball slider and some days the slider wasn't there. So I had to go fastball splitter. So you just kind of feel it out as it goes and you just got to stay ready down there whenever your name gets called and start warming up and go out there, do the thing. So the Dodgers love versatility in all their players. I mean, every player on the drillers team played a million different positions. I think this year, yeah. other than maybe <laughs> the catchers you've started, yeah. you've been a starting pitcher in your career before. You're you're in relief right now. So, do you see your role ever being one of those guys that can be an opener like the Dodgers use in the playoffs, and then also being a reliever? Both. It's, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, I did have one opening um, appearance this year. It was at Northwest Arkansas, and then uh, Andre came in behind me. You know that that was interesting. I tried my best to not go back to the starting yeah. like mentality. Yeah, you wanted to max out, treat it like yeah. the back end of the game, right? you know, go out there, get three, six outs, whatever it is they want me to do. And, uh, you know, it was a little tough. You're definitely amped up a little bit more at the beginning. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was was interesting, but it is a possibility. Yeah, awesome. And, you know, going to to EKU, you were not drafted coming out of high school. You said that EKU Mm -hmm. was your only Division I offer. So you have a story that, that resonates and relates to thousands of baseball players out there that want to become professional yeah. baseball players just like you. So for those kids out there that, that maybe don't get drafted out of high school, that don't have the Division One offers like you didn't, what is your message to them to become like you and become successful like you have been? I think it's just staying dedicated to who you are and putting in your word. Um, you know, everybody's a little different. Um, me, I like to get in the gym at least probably four times a week. Um, back then in high school, I was going crazy. I was in the gym <laughs> six times a week, yeah. you know, but I wasn't, I wasn't a guy who was like asking people to go with me or like having coaches come around me. I was just kind of like put my head down and just grind, just grind it out and see what can happen. And, uh, you know, everyone needs a little help on the way. I've definitely had some help with coaches, uh, friends, teammates, stuff like that. Uh, especially during TJ, I was out there with a bucket of balls just thrown into a net. So there's there's a lot of ups and downs as you make your way. Um, but the biggest thing is just staying dedicated to who you are, being a good person, being a good teammate, and just, yeah. <clears throat> awesome. You're in spring training right now and, and preparing for mm-hmm. 2022. We mentioned that you spent all of last season at AA Tulsa. Do you expect to start in Oklahoma City this year? Do you have no expectations there? What's 2022 um, look for you? I'd love to start in OKC. Um, so far, the spring training, it's been going really well for me. My stuff's there. Um, it feels like I haven't lost a beat from last year. So, fingers crossed we start in OKC, but we'll see. Awesome deal. You you are a joy to watch on the mound, your competitiveness. And I'm just telling you, for for anybody who maybe who hasn't seen this guy pitch yet on video or in person, this guy is the real deal. And, and I personally think that, that he could be a major league closer for many, many different organizations, and hopefully with the Dodgers, certainly, and, and for many, many years is what I'm trying to say, because this guy has the big league stuff, he has the big league mentality, and, and he has all the tools and all the mentality. So, big fan at Dodger Poke Report. 
Aaron and I want to thank you so much for coming on this afternoon. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.